You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. All right, we're in 2 Samuel here, and the last four weeks we have been on a series entitled Summer Baggage. And summer baggage, as we go through and you travel, you get to a place where you're putting stuff into to bags and suitcases and you take them along with you, but you get home, you unpack them, and you put everything away. I wish life was that easy. There are some things that we carry around with us. In the last few weeks, we've been looking at how we carry some baggage around that God never intended for us to carry. We looked at week one was on forgiveness. We carry around some unforgiveness. We carry around a bag of things where we have been injured or wronged. And we look, we start to look at life through a lens that has been clouded. And unforgiveness is something that will begin the seed of bitterness. And it'll destroy somebody. And it doesn't just destroy the individual. The Bible says that that seed of bitterness uh, rooted springing up and thereby many be defiled. You know, bitter people, they defile other people. You know, when we think about defile, we, we think about being dirtied. But that is exactly what happens with bitterness. You defile other individuals, other people. So forgiveness, we looked at that and looked at how we are to not be a type of person that is unforgiving. We need to have forgiveness in our life. Matter of fact, we have to have forgiveness uh, ready, stored up, and just ready to give away. Uh, because we are going to be wronged. We are going to be hurt. It's going to happen. It's a part of life. Uh, and so uh, we just need to be a forgiving people. Second week, we looked at this area called pride. Now, we're proud that that's not us. <laughs> uh, pride, a root sin that people have. Sometimes that root sin of pride comes out in wanting to be boastful and wanting to be promoted and lifted up and elevated. Other times, that pride comes out in bashfulness. I'm so proud that I don't want people to look down on me if I don't do something well, so I won't do anything, or I will withdraw. So it works both sides of, that, of that, that pendulum. We only think that the people that are proud are the ones that are out front. We think the ones that are in the shadows, well, that wouldn't be me. Uh, but pride is a sin that we all deal with. And it is a root sin. And so we looked at pride and how that impacts our life and how we need to uh, deal with that, not carry that around with us. Week three, we looked at fear. Fear is crippling. It can stop you from moving forward. We saw that in our nation. We saw that in our world for the last two years. 
with COVID. And we saw how destructive that was. And we will be reaping the, the consequences of that for decades to come. You think about this. You've got, you've got elementary age children that should be in kindergarten, but they were out of school for two years. And so now they're going into third grade without having the knowledge to read. And you can't start them over. It has had a huge impact, a year and a half of time out of school. But there was, there was so much. But fear, it has crippled a world. And it, it can have an impact in our own lives. Uh, comparison, week uh, four last week, we looked at comparison. And looking what somebody else has versus what I have, what somebody else accomplishes versus what I can accomplish, or looking at what I accomplish versus what somebody else does, that comparison and how it has an impact uh, on us. But this morning, we're going to look at uh, a passage of Scripture, and we're going to look at a topic that I think is one that is definitely a bag that we carry around that that hurts us, it harms us, and it stops us from being able to uh, move forward in our life. And that is the sin of guilt. Guilt. You know, guilt is a, guilt is a repercussion of wrong. We have guilt because we have done wrong. But guilt itself can become a crippling sin in our life. The Bible says, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. And so here, we're going to look at this area of guilt and, and how guilt can hurt us. So looking at some baggage, uh, and uh, this baggage of guilt is one that I think slows many people down uh, and stops them uh, from moving forward. John chapter 10, uh, take your Bibles, John chapter 10. We'll use this verse a couple times uh, today, but this verse is a verse I want you to grab a hold of in your life. Uh, this is a verse that will help keep things in perspective. You know, uh, the, the Lord, he came, and with his coming, he has given us more than eternal life. He has also given us an opportunity to enjoy the life that we have. And John 10, 10, the Bible says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. He said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. You know, the Lord wants you to have an abundant life. Amen. He wants you to have an abundant life. Do you believe that? He wants you to have an abundant life. You know what will keep you from having that abundant life? Guilt. Guilt. You know why? Because we feel like we don't deserve it. Guess what? We don't. We don't. Because we are guilty. All of us have done wrong. There, there are some 
that uh, what we would classify as sins that were very small, others have lived lives where they have had some egregious sins in their life. Uh, And the reality is every one of us is guilty. Sin, the Bible says, is a transgression of the law. It is crossing that line between right and wrong. And there is, a, there is an emotion that God has given to us. It is an emotion that creates awareness of when we cross that line. But some people's idea of where that line is differs. When Deb and I got married, the worst thing she had ever seen on TV was Little House on the Prairie. And I'm not joking. (laughs) When I was growing up, the TV never shut off. Do you remember when the, the stations would quit broadcasting? Those of you that are younger, you have no idea what I'm talking about. It went to snow. You remember? And all of a sudden it was just... I remember waking up and that TV was still on and it was just blaring. (laughs) That sound of, it was just the white snow on the the TV and there was no channel playing. They did not broadcast uh, channels. And I don't even feel like I'm that old, but some of you are looking at me like I am antique. Uh, And so, uh, you know, uh, but the TV was always on at, at our house. I was just used to it. We become so desensitized to things that are wrong. She would come over and she would look at it, something that was on the TV and she's like, oh, turn that, turn that, turn that. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's just a commercial. And, and back then the commercials were a lot better than where they are today. Uh, and so uh, there is a different sensitivity to what is right or wrong. It's based on our, our consciousness, our conscience, but our conscience is crafted based on our life and our surroundings, what we have been submitted to, what we have been around. But God gives us an awareness, and that awareness helps us to sense when something is wrong. And when we do something to sense the need to get it right. There is a guilt that comes. And the devil, I believe, capitalizes on guilt. The Holy Spirit of God capitalizes on conviction. The word guilt is only used two times in the Bible. And it is literally talking about our guiltiness, as in we are transgressors. But everybody is a transgressor. But there are people who struggle with guilt, and they live with guilt, and it hinders them. It hampers their forward movement, and they're not able to get past that. And so this morning, I want, I want to tell you that there, you don't have to live a life of guilt. 
You don't have to live a life of guilt. That is not what uh, the Lord wants. Uh, guilt is a powerful tool, uh, and I believe it's a tool that Satan uses. The Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. He's the accuser of the brethren. What is he doing? He is, he is bringing up all the sin. He is bringing up all the wrong. Have you, ever, have you ever come to the Lord and asked him to forgive you of something, and then later you come back to the Lord and you feel like you got to ask him to forgive you again? Why? It's not because God, for, God can't forgive. It's because we can't forgive. You see, guilt and living in guilt has nothing to do with whether or not God is able to forgive and God is able to free us from it. It is whether or not we learn how to trust God to be a forgiving God. David was a man who sinned. David was a man who sinned very egregiously. And in that, that sinfulness, uh, we see how he gets through it. You know what? I think we can learn from him uh, this morning. And so we're going to talk about that this morning, guilt. Father, I pray that you'd help us today. Give us uh, help and strength. I pray that you would uh, help us to just take the truths that are here and, Lord, to be freed from the, the chains of, uh, of guilt in our own life and in our own mind. And I pray that you'd break down some walls today so our people can really truly enjoy the blessings of your goodness in their life. Uh, Lord, you are not holding their past sins over their head. And so I pray that you'd help us, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. There was a, a man that uh, uh, was, w went to the Lord, and he was in prayer. And he said, Dear God, so far today, I've done all right. I haven't gossiped. I haven't lost my temper. I haven't been greedy. I haven't been grumpy. I haven't been nasty. I haven't been selfish. I haven't been overindulgent. But in a few minutes, I'm going to get up. And I'm going to need some help. We laugh because we can identify. Why? We're guilty. But we can beat ourselves up with our humanity. And there are people that struggle with this to such an extent that they do not have even, their soul, their soul is not well. I love the song, It Is Well With My Soul. Uh, what a blessed song that that is. But there are a lot of people that their soul is not well. Why? Because they battle this area of guilt in their life. And it is so destructive uh, that it impacts their very, uh, who they are as a person. Their soul is not well. Their mind is not well. They are not healthy mentally. And it could be just because of this area of guilt. Guilt is a powerful adversary, and guilt can be used uh, as a weapon against us in our own mind. The guilt of sins committed, the guilt of wrongs done, the guilt of places uh, gone or deeds done, uh, sins of commission and sins of omission. Uh, but guilt is a destructive tool that can injure us and it can change us from being who we're supposed to be. 
The word guilt in Hebrew uh, is the con- and the concept of guilt is the awareness of having done wrong. It's closely related to the concept of sin. So it is just tied uh, to sin, that guilt and sin. Uh, it is tied together uh, to the act of doing wrong. And so guilt and conviction, it's that awareness of doing wrong, and that helps us so we don't make bad decisions. You know, we, sh- we, should, we should embrace the conviction of the Holy Spirit of God. And we should embrace the guilt for what we have done in our past so it helps us so we learn from it. It's, it's almost like credit cards. My dad, when uh, uh, Pops and Mom, they got into some financial uh, uh, trouble and uh, had, had built up some, some uh, uh, debts with credit cards. And, and Pop said, I'm, I'm done. He got rid of them. He would not carry a credit card. He wouldn't carry a debit card. He carried cash. And it was, if they were traveling, mom would want to get uh, uh, the American Express traveler's checks. And pops was like, nope, you can have them if you want. I'm going to the bank. I'm getting cash. Uh, what was it? He had learned from something in his past. He says that has caused him to change how he lived in his future. And, you know, with, with the guilt, the awareness of things that were wrong, we should take and recognize that those are to help us so we make good decisions in our future. We should learn from that. And God uses it. He has given that, uh, that awareness uh, to us so we can make good decisions. Now, David here, uh, he committed a sin with Bathsheba. He had committed adultery. Uh, what a wicked, vile sin uh, that that was. It was a, a terrible sin. Uh, and with that sin... Uh, it was the adultery with Bathsheba, but it was also the evil in murdering her husband, Uriah the Hittite. Uh, and that was uh, one of David's mighty men. And so when, when God looks back at it, 1 Kings chapter 15, verse 5, uh, the Bible says this, because David did that which was right in the, the eyes of the Lord and turned not aside from anything that he commanded him all the days of his life, save only in the matter of Uriah the Hittite. You know, David was a man who he did right as a whole, save only in the matter of Uriah the Hittite. And with that, of course, it's the entire encompassing sin there uh, of the adultery and then the, the murder of Uriah to cover his sin. But I want you to see, no matter how egregious our sin is, we don't have to live in guilt. Number one, I want you to see this morning, God is merciful. God is merciful. That's an amazing thing to grab a hold of. God is a gracious God. He gives us what we don't deserve, and that's a blessing. But he is a merciful God in that he does not give us what we do deserve. He doesn't judge us as we deserve to be judged. He doesn't condemn us as though we deserve to be condemned. God is a merciful God. Take your Bibles, go to Psalm chapter 51. I told Brother Franklin, he took my message this morning uh, in Sunday school. Uh, He was dealing with some of this as well, Uh, just ties together, uh, Psalm 51. And with this, we find this, this Psalm 51. It is what we would call a penitential Psalm. It is a 
psalm where it is the prayer of David while he's coming back to God after he had sinned. When we were in 2 Samuel chapter, chapter 12, we found how Nathan the prophet went to David and he was pointing out the sin that David had committed. And with that, he said, thou art the man, you are guilty. You're guilty. You know what? We need that awareness because it will help us then to be able to get things right. But that's not where God wants us to stay in just that condition of guilt. So let's look at Psalm 51. Here in verse number one, the Bible says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mayest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. And what David was saying was, God, uh, be merciful to me because I am guilty. And you are right in judging me. And David was coming back to God. He was repentant. He was, he was getting things right with God. God is a merciful God. Skip down to verse 10. He said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. God doesn't want us to stay in the condition where we are just judged and condemned. God wants us to get all of that clean. That's why Christ came. He said, purge me with hyssop. What was hyssop? Hyssop was going back to the Passover. Old Testament, they would have those sacrifices. They would take the lamb on Passover. Uh, they would watch that lamb and make sure that it was a pure lamb and without blemish. And then they would kill that lamb. And then they would take the blood of that lamb and they would take a hyssop weed, which was a common weed in the area. So anybody could be able to deal with that. And they would dip it into the uh, basin with that blood and they would put it on the doorpost and on the lintel. And that blood would make a line across and that blood would drip down, symbolizing the cross. Amen. One day there was going to be a Lamb of God, Jesus, the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. He was the one that all those sacrifices were pointing to. And Jesus came uh, to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus came and he willingly became that sacrifice for us so we would no longer be condemned. You see, he doesn't want us to stay in a condemned state. That's why he was willing to endure all that he went through is so we didn't have to be condemned. So don't keep condemning yourself. You know what? There are things that we can't change in our past. Those words that went out of our mouth that we wish we could grab and take back, those actions that we had made, the things we have done, there are things that we would like to have a do-over, but we can't. 
But what we can do is we can realize that there is a merciful God. You see, the sin that David had committed, uh, that adultery was a sin against his God, and it was a sin against Bathsheba, and it was a sin against Uriah. It was a sin, the Bible talks about, a sin against our own body. It was a sin against humanity. The immorality is not just a sin that, that is between two people. It is a sin that impacts a nation. When the moral breakdown of a person is accepted, it will result in the moral breakdown of a family unit and then the society as a whole. And we have witnessed that in our country today. But this sin was a grievous sin, yet God is merciful. This sin was a grievous sin, yet God is gracious. Uh, this sin was a grievous sin, yet God is faithful to forgive. What a blessing. He forgives. But not only does he forgive, he forgets. He forgets. You see, David, he came before God, this God who was faithful to forgive and to cleanse from all unrighteousness. And David recovered from the condition of guilt. He didn't stay there. Amen. And that is, that is so important. Sure, there were consequences for his actions. Uh, uh, they, we see that the child that was conceived ended up dying. We see that the sword never departed uh, from his house. There was consequences. His son rebelled against him in a coup attempt. Uh, consequences were there, but it was not a continuing con condition of guilt. Because he left it. You see, guilt is baggage that we shouldn't just carry around. We need to be able to give that sin back to God. God is a, a uh, God who is merciful. Secondly, God is just. God is just. He knows how to deal with that sin. He's big enough to level the playing field. He can make any wrong right. The power of the blood of Jesus Christ is strong enough to cover any sin. Any sin. No matter how great that sin is, no matter how big that tragedy was, no, no matter what it was that you have done that you just can't get over, uh, God is a just God. He will deal with the sin, but his son's blood is what is going to cover that sin. 1 John 1, 9 says uh, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How, how much of that unrighteousness? All. All of it. He can cover all that unrighteousness. He can forgive every sin. The word confess there is not just a, okay, well, I'm sorry. Have you ever had somebody apologize to you that way? Yeah, whatever, I'm sorry. Shouldn't have done it. Just get over it. You know, there's no repentance there. God here, when he says confess our sins, he isn't just saying, 
Hi, Lord, sorry, shouldn't have done that. And then go on our way, keep doing the same thing. The word confess here is the word homologeo. And, and it means to say the same thing. He that, uh, that we are to confess our sins to him. Uh, and with that, uh, we are to say the same thing about our sin that God says about our sin. We are to look at our sin as sin against a holy God. It is a transgression. It is disobedience directly defiant to God. And it is an unholy sin. God is a pure God. And God says, be ye holy, for I, the Lord thy God, am holy. And when we transgress those laws, when we sin, there is a consequence of it. Uh, But here, God is a God who is a just God, and he wants there to be a way to forgive, and he has provided that way. And so confession here, uh, repentance, it's vital for us to be able to have that relationship restored, to be able to have that guilt removed. Gone, 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 gone. Yes, my sins are gone. Buried in the deepest sea. Yes, that's good enough for me. I shall live eternally. Praise God, my sins are are gone. And what a blessing. It ought, we, we have the ability to have our sins forgiven. And if God is a forgiving God, and he is, then why are we still dealing with it? The songwriter wrote, take your burdens to the cross and leave them there. Leave them there. Why? Because that carrying that weight, that baggage, it will stop you from moving forward in life. David, he had some, he had his share of sins. I'm glad God didn't publish mine. But here David's sins, they have been, they have been saved for eternity, preserved for eternity. But God did so so we can see, so we can learn. These things are written for our admonition. That that word is instruction, guidance, direction. God wants us to have his word so we can learn from it, so we don't do the same thing. But this confession, uh, David in Psalm 51, coming back to God, it's vital for us to have peace in our soul. Without repentance and confession, we will carry that guilt. But when we trust that our God is a forgiving God, as his word says he is, and we trust that what he says is true, then when I confess my sins and I repent of my sins, I can have confidence that my sins are paid for. Praise the Lord. There is no more guilt owed. We go into the book of Romans and we have the doctrine of atonement. And you look in the Old Testament and there was atonement, there was a sacrifice, and it was, it was applied uh, for somebody's sins, that sacrifice. In the New Testament, uh, Christ, who is our atonement. He is the one who atones. He is the one 
who washes away. He is the one who took all the guilt, all the judgment, uh, and he bore that on the cross. He was the one that paid that debt for us so we wouldn't have to pay it. Why do we want to pay it when he's paying? There's no sense in it. Our Bible is full of failures, people who had failures who went on despite their failures, and they became great people of God. Moses, one of the greatest leaders in the Bible. Amen. <laughs> but Moses, what do, we, what do we know about Moses? He killed a man. Murder. He spent 40 years on the backside of the desert as a fugitive. Until Pharaoh died and his replacement was uh, alive who didn't know, know Moses. And then he came back. What do, we, what do we know? We know that God used Moses in an amazing way. Moses had to pay for some consequences for his actions. But he didn't let that guilt stop him from living the life God had for him in the future. Think about Rahab, a prostitute. We call Rahab the harlot. We think about Rahab, that's the first thing that comes to our mind, Rahab the harlot. Hear this immoral woman ends up trusting in Israel's God. And now she's in the lineage, was in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Think about Paul. Paul was the persecutor of the church. He was one that would, would go in and he would persecute the church up to the, up to the actual uh, martyrdom. They would kill. Stephen was killed as a martyr at the hand of Paul. Other believers were persecuted, uh, being beaten and sent to prison and jail, all because of, the apostle, because of Saul of Tarsus, but he got saved. And what happened? God made him a new man. Old things passed away, behold, all things are become new. If any man be in Christ, and that's the reality, is that that guilt of the past does not have to determine your opportunities in the future. What a blessing. Let me tell you, give up the guilt. Embrace it when you, when you do something wrong and the Holy Spirit convicts your heart. Recognize that sin. Recognize that error. Get it right and then give it up. Don't live in it. You can, your past does not have to be your identity. It doesn't have to be your identity. What, what you are uh, now or what you were before does not have to be who you are now or who you will be in the future. Uh, and people, uh, through the scriptures, there are people who had made terrible mistakes, yet they live a productive life. I think about the maniac of Gadara. Here he was, he was possessed with a legion of demons. 
demon-possessed man. And here we find that after he met Christ, we see him seated at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. He could have lived the rest of his life by just, uh, just being sorry for what he had done before because of the, the uh, horrific uh, lifestyle that he had lived as a demon-possessed individual, but he didn't. What the Lord, he wanted to go with the Lord. The Lord said, no, go home and tell thy, uh, thy family uh, what great things God had done for thee. They kicked the Lord out of the coast of uh, the Gadarenes because of the, the hogs that were, uh, that were uh, killed there. And then what do we find? The Lord left uh, the maniac of Gadara there. And when he came back to the Gadarenes, there was a multitude waiting to hear from Jesus. Amen. You know why? Because there was a man who didn't just live in guilt. Yep. He started living that new life as a believer. He, he's living that life where he wasn't letting his past actions, his past life, uh, determine who he was uh, in his present condition. Uh, and we see how Jesus uh, can, can be, he, God is a just God and he will forgive us. Thirdly, I want you to see there is hope. There's hope. There's hope. Could God use me? Yes. Pastor, you don't know what I've done. Can God? Yes. God can. Well, you don't know the depths. God can. There's hope. There's hope. He's such a wonderful Savior. <laughs> None of us deserve His grace. None of us, for, we, deserve, we don't deserve his love. We don't deserve his forgiveness. We don't deserve the opportunity that he gives us to live a blessed life. But he does. I remember as a young person, the lifestyle before salvation, lifestyle of the world, the drugs, all that. It was so enticing. I used to think that, I mean, even before salvation, my parents were, they were strict. And I remember looking at people that didn't have any rules and didn't have any boundaries, and I thought, man, they had it made. After salvation... And seeing what God does by giving us his word and giving us the instruction and the boundaries, I look around at the people that I used to admire and their lives are blowing up. Many of the people, several of the people that I look to, some of them I perform their funerals. What they had and I thought I wanted, I look now at what God gave me, and all I'm telling you, there's hope. There's hope. Don't live, in, don't live under the pressure of guilt. You, you sin. Get forgiveness. Confess. Confess. 
forsake, have that repentance. But once you get God's forgiveness, don't keep bringing it up. God's not. He's not going to keep bringing it up. He said, your sins and iniquities have I remembered no more. What a blessing. John 8, 12, or Hebrews 8, 12, the Bible says, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. What a wonderful God that we have. He is so good that not only will he forgive, he is so good that he can erase it from his memory. And we bring it back up to God and say, God, you know what I did, you know, back there? And, I, and God's like, what are you talking about? Songwriter wrote, what sins are you talking about? I don't remember them anymore. From the book of life, they're all washed out. And I don't remember the rest of the song. And, but God doesn't remember. There's hope. Don't live in guilt. It's crippling. It's baggage that you drag around and it'll just destroy you. Recognize that our God, he is a loving God. And he is merciful and he is just and he always leaves us with hope. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for your goodness and being a God who is willing to forgive uh, our sins. And Lord, I, I come before you and Lord, I know I've failed you in so many ways, but what a blessing it is to know that you love me in spite of me. And I pray that you'd help all of us this morning to sense your love. If there's one here that does not know you as their savior, I pray today that they would, they would come to a place and trust you. But Lord, others uh, that, that are saved, but Lord, they've, they've carried around the bags of guilt. I pray that you would help them to get victory this morning. And so work now in this time. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You're here this morning. You say, Pastor, I'm a child of God. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if I died, I'd go to heaven. Just as a testimony to the Lord, just slip your hand up. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You have that confidence. Amen. You can put it down. Maybe you're here this morning and say, Pastor, I don't know. I wish I had that confidence. I wish I could say I knew that if I died, I was going to heaven, but I don't have that confidence. Pastor, pray for me. I won't come back to you. I won't embarrass you, but I want to pray for you. Pastor, pray for me. Unsure of your eternal destiny. Unsure if you're, gonna, you're a child of God. Say, Pastor, pray for me this morning. Just slip your hand up. Let me pray for you this morning. Just slip your hand up right where you're at. I see your hand. I see your hand. You can put it down. Who else? Pastor, pray for me. I'm not sure. I don't know if I died right now, I'd go to heaven. I'm, I wish I had that confidence, but I don't have it. Pastor, pray for me. Just slip your hand up. Let me pray for you. In just a moment, I'm going to pray for you. We're going to have an invitation, and we're all going to stand. And those that are saved and maybe you're dealing with guilt, I want you to step out of your seat and come to the altar and leave it there. If you're unsure of your eternal destiny, I want you to come forward. We'll have someone take the Bible, show you what God has to say about you going to heaven. 
And let's let God have his work in our life. Father, you know the needs. You saw the hands, Lord, that went up this morning of those that are unsure of their eternal destiny. I pray, God, that you would give them boldness and and, and just help them to make that decision today. Draw them to yourself. Lord, as I look around this auditorium and look at the faces, I know people are dealing with guilt in their lives. I pray that you'd help them. Lord, to give victory over that. So just work. And this invitation, please, for Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If the Lord spoke to your heart, you respond. The altar's open. There's something about a bowed knee and a submissive heart coming to God and saying, God, I need your help. You're unsure of your eternal destiny. Let me encourage you to come. We'll have someone take the Bible and help you through that situation. Show you what God has to say about you going to heaven. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc4me.org. May God bless you.